0: Welcome to the Learning to Thrive Podcast, where we have real conversations with real people about real life. And now, here's
1: your host and my friend, David Higginbotham. Welcome to the Learning to Thrive Podcast. I'm David Higginbotham, and I'm your host. And I, I just want you to know I appreciate you taking the time to stop in and visit with us here and hear the stories and the, the, the things that my, my guests share uh, about their lives and about their journey with Jesus and about the things that they've been learning along the way. My guests today are Tucker and Julie Wanamaker, and they're just great people. I've known I've known Tucker and Julie for, for a lot of years. We haven't spent a lot of time together in the same place, but we've known each other for, guys, how long has it been? I 15 uh, years? 18, 13? 16, no,
0: 16. Married. We've been married 16 years. <laughs> so it's been longer than that. So. Yeah. <laughs>
1: So 17, maybe it's been a long time and a a variety of circumstances brought us together um, through a a mutual friend that Julie was visiting Kansas city and Brenda and I had the the pleasure of hosting her at our house for a bit. And, and uh, then we met Tucker and they're just, they're just special people. And I'll, I'll say this, Tucker, you mentioned it. I had the privilege of traveling to Colorado and, in marrying Julian Tucker low those many years ago. <laughs> we had the privilege of you it, being able
0: to come out and marrying us. It was very, such very it was
1: such a blessing to do that, guys. And I'm just gonna I'm just gonna take a little rabbit trail real quickly here. It was such a blessing to do that. Mm. And my daughter Anna uh, still remembers that trip and that wedding and it was she was about uh, she's about thirteen, I guess, or something like that. Pretty close. Oh wow, twelve! And what a wonderful time it was. So, thanks. Welcome, welcome to the Learning to Thrive podcast. Thanks for for taking the risk to step out here and talk about your lives. I really appreciate you doing that.
0: Absolutely David, it's great to be here.
1: Um I love the name of your podcast uh because yeah tell us why. Tucker give us give us give us the reason why, why thriving is such a big deal for well, you. Well, I I'm one of the founders of an organization called
0: Thrive Impact which is yeah. helping nonprofits and church leaders uh, I'm, we're actually trying to solve the nonprofit and church leader burnout problem in the world and <clears throat> good luck with that. that That's important. Is that when we're thriving as individuals, mm-hmm. uh, as leaders of these organizations, we're able to create the positive change and the impact that our communities need from us. So that's so. Anytime somebody says the word thrive, it's you know very deeply and personally relevant, and that's resonates great. with me.
1: Yeah, that's great. That's great. And you're uh, <clears throat> that started. Back east, right? We'll get there in a few mm-hmm. minutes. But uh, yeah. Julie, Julie, real quickly, you guys have been married for now almost 17 years. Has it been, or 16, something like that?
2: Um, It'll be 17 this year.
1: 17 this summer. Okay. Give us a quick overview of uh, of your family. You've got a number of kids, and they're just pretty spectacular guys and girls. So,
2: Yep. So we have four kids. Uh, our oldest is 13 and a half. She'll be 14, actually, in like just a handful of weeks. Yeah. Um, and then we have a 12 year old son, a 10 year old son, and an eight year old daughter. And they're great. We've got bookend girls with boys in the middle, and it's kind of an uncontrolled chaos around our house at any given time.
1: <laughs> so, chaos has its own beauty in certain circumstances, I think. Yeah. yeah. Well, the, you and I were talking, both of you, we were talking a few minutes ago. Uh, about the, the, the direction our conversation is going to go tonight. And, um, we, we, you guys, a number of years ago, were at a place where <clears throat> you were living in Colorado, had been there for quite a while. Did you both grow up there pretty much?
0: Yeah, pretty much. We did. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. Grew up in uh, Colorado. And your, and your life took a turn and something pulled you toward the the East Coast and the center of federal government in Washington, D.C. How did that come about? I mean, we're talking about a major transition, moving your family three-quarters of the way across the continent to a town you don't know. To just Tucker, give us an overview of how that really kicked off because that really intrigues me that you guys – would move across country like that. I I did that with my family, not quite as far, but from Florida to Kansas city. Mm -hmm. And, um, I'm always interested in people who just pack up and go. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, it was a process for sure. And I think that, um, you know, we lived in downtown Colorado Springs. It was, you know, we were both, like you were saying, we were raised in Colorado and raised in Colorado Springs in particular. And um obviously we lived in Kansas City both Julie and I and that's how we met you of course back in the day um but I had been in Colorado Springs and had all of our kids were born in Colorado Springs and uh at the time I, I was the uh, the owner of a marketing company and um and did a lot of community-based work in Colorado Springs so we were really entrenched in the community uh, church community Roach, as well Roach as there yeah oh yeah both sides of our family still yeah. in the same area um, and there was a, there was a variety of things that had happened. Um, we had our fourth child in August of the year before this part of the story will happen. Um, I was, I was actually out on a business trip and the guy, um, who I had started the marketing company with, his name was Marcus. Uh, he had ended up getting a full ride scholarship to the, to the Kennedy school in Harvard. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and so uh, you know so you know you you go serious chops thing? yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um so anyway i was actually on a business trip to new york city and uh and i was like i want to go up and see him because he had he had sure. left uh the company ultimately four months or four or five months before that had happened which is also right around the time we had ella our fourth child and
2: ella was born like the next day <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah oh yeah. wow well, yeah. there you go yeah same neighborhood
0: um, that's great <laughs> And so anyway, this is January of 2013 and we had decided, or I'd i gone on this trip and I, was, I decided to go on up to visit him up in Cambridge. Cause I'm over there in that area. And so I'm like, sure. let's just make a little extra trip over there to Boston and uh, visit him. And, and, you know, I was walking around the streets of Boston and downtown Boston and around Cambridge. And I just had this sense from God that, I mean, I don't, I, you know, it's one of the. Like, I don't know how to say what this is, but it's just this clarity, this idea, this.
1: I don't know. Um, uh, but but you, it was this, you were you were pretty clear. This wasn't something that had you had just popped up. I mean, this is
0: your. Yeah, there, it was like, oh wow, it was like yeah. this. Okay. This light that shined in my mind a little bit <laughs> yeah. around.
1: Okay, some around, illumination, perhaps, yeah. yes. And what that was was, we
0: need to move to the east coast. Ooh, and, and, you know, and I'm like, well, I I was processing through what this meant for me, what this meant for Julie, what this meant for us as a couple, what this meant for our children, why it seemed some of that clarity that was kind of hitting me, and, and so I called Julie um, while I was out there after a couple days, and I was just like, hey, babe, I,
1: I think we got to move to the East Coast. You know, <laughs> <laughs> Look, um, time out just just for just a second. What you said was, I think we've got to pack up everything that we own and we're going to keep, put it in some kind of vehicle and travel three quarters of the way across the country with this newborn baby. I mean, <laughs> I, I wasn't thinking logistics,
0: David. Clearly, yet. <laughs> yeah. I know your right? vision.
1: You're a vision guy. Yeah, yeah. I, I was like, it. we got
0: to move. We we got to move. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's, you know, and, and then there is the year long journey involved in us getting to that place of actually doing it. Oh my gosh. Um, but Julie, that's how it, that's how it started. Julie, what, what was your response?
2: Yeah. So I remember laying in bed and he called that night and he was like, I really think we're going to move. And I was like, yeah, no, that's funny. Like,
0: <laughs> she, laughed, she laughed at me. basically. She like, no, yeah, it's yeah. not
2: like, yeah. why would we do that? His family's here. My family's here. All the cousins are here. Like what yeah. would make it right to do that? And he was just kind of awestruck um, with the history, with the feel of the city, with the sense of adventure. Sure. I mean like there, like there's no better time than now and you know and he didn't want to talk my ear off it was late he had been out with Marcus that night I'm sure it was like 1 a.m that we were on the phone was, like can I pick you or can you pick me up from the airport can you get the kids to be watched by your folks or my folks and like we'll go out to lunch and I'll just tell you everything that's on my heart can we do that and so once he's like asking me to coordinate babysitting for the kids all four of them then I'm like oh this is big like he. <laughs> And so I worked it out with my mom I was like, hey, can I go pick up, I haven't seen them in a while. Can I go pick up Tucker? We're going to grab a bite to eat. And so she watched the kids and we went to True Food Kitchen actually yeah, after the from the airport and he just spilled all the things he was feeling. And a lot of it was that just the awe and the wonder and there's no better time than now. Our kids were really little. So it was like the perfect timing for yeah, yeah. we're not uprooting them from a big you know, foundation of friends and many years of school or anything right, like that, right. they were all itty bitty. I think Addie was six um, when we mm. moved and, or when this conversation happened for sure. She might've just turned seven when we moved, but um, yeah, like he just spilled. And, you know, and Tucker's very passionate when his heart gets going on it. So at the time I'm like, all right, like, this is really what we need to do. We gotta do it. Like I felt this feeling initially, And then we decided to actually, do you want me to just keep going with this story? Like we decided to actually travel to Boston. Yeah, sure. Let's go out where they are. I mean, the Haggards are there, they're our closest friends, like let's move to Boston. And so we bought plane tickets and we decided to make it Addie's sixth birthday trip to go see her friend Hadessa. And we took her and Ella to Boston and we left the boys behind with family. And we just toured around and hung out and got a feel for what it could be like and just analyzed, like, could this even work? And it was on the Boston trip that well, I think it was on the Boston trip that we realized I was having some medical issues from the birth with Ella. And we realized that we might need to be having a detour in our life financially by paying for surgery that we thought was going to happen later in the year. And so mm. our initial steam of we can do this kind of took a little bit of a back burner after we got back from Boston Mm. and all gears switched to surgery and all finances switched to surgery Sure. and so we sort of stopped talking about it from like April till June I think when the surgery was And I thought it was, I thought it was just kind of, we'd get to it when we got to it. Like maybe it was just like a whimful idea and we'd maybe circle back, but now life had taken the reins and we sort of let it go to the back burner. Mm -hmm. And it was six weeks after my surgery, Tucker traveled out to San Francisco for another work trip. And I think that's when the spark really hit again. And he came back from that trip and he's like, okay, we got to move. And I'm like... (laughs)
1: Okay, you don't leave town again. Yeah, I know. no more traveling for you. You're staying right here.
0: <laughs> Julie, I'm trying to remember, when when, when did we have uh, dinner with the Inglages that, that time? Wasn't that like April? So that was like,
2: no, 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 that was like September, because you would come back from the trip that August, and you were like, we've really got to make this happen. And I was like, okay, and I just put everything down in a spreadsheet. No, it, it must have been August, because I was put mm-hmm. everything down in a spreadsheet, and we went out for our anniversary, and it was like three weeks prior to that. I would put everything in a spreadsheet and I looked at the budget for things. I had looked at weather patterns in Boston and other parts of the East coast. Cause like at that point I was a stay-at-home mom. I was like, we're moving somewhere. And I'm going to be a stay-at-home mom to four little kids. I have to know that I can survive the weather. And I was really nervous about the weather. Oh yeah, Boston, sure. I had struggled with winters in Colorado and Boston's worse, frankly.
0: Well, and that's what I <laughs> thought. I thought we had had dinner with the We had, we had this mentor couple of ours that we would mm-hmm. meet with pretty regularly. And I thought we had had dinner with them like in April or something. In that, because what I remember was them sharing with us, we were just having dinner over at our house and, and they somehow it came up the idea um, or a story of theirs where they had just up and moved to Honolulu for nine months mm. as a family. They had mm-hmm. two kids and back in their history, they had, they had a story of, of going. And I remember them sharing that story with me or with us and uh because I think what Julie was saying is that I was feeling this heavy weight of uprooting Mm -hmm. it was it was heavy on me and and subsequently along with as what Julie was sharing too around life happening like the vision of it felt too heavy as well sure but then when they shared this story of adventure some reason that that dinner for me was like a, a a pivot in like this isn't this full-on uprooting. This is an adventure that the Lord has us on. Right. And, you know, and, and in fact, even to the point uh, to when we ended up moving back here to Colorado very recently, we kept, you know, people would ask us how long we're going to be in D.C. And we just like, we have no idea.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: like, sure. We're just sure. out. We're here. We're here. Right. We're, we're, we're living and, and trusting. And, but that sense of adventure and that spirit of adventure really helped me a lot personally.
1: Did, um, did, it, did it change your perspective and how you were viewing the whole big picture? Is yeah. that how it helped you?
0: Yeah. Did yeah Julie, meantime.
1: when, when did you buy into that? When did that begin to, to connect with you as well? Because I know it did at some point. And tell us about that.
2: So I'm, I'm definitely like the the steps person like the details person in our marriage tucker's the visionary and i am the practical person and like how do we make that vision yes out?
1: thank and god so- and thank and, and thank god oh my gosh yeah <laughs> that a man like that a man like tucker has a wife like you <clears throat> because <laughs> i we're, we're a good team i have a wife like that as well and what what a blessing it is yeah. keeps me out of the tall grass i tell you <laughs> so tell us about that julie
2: well, I, I remember that when he came back from the California trip, I was about six or eight weeks out from my surgery and just starting to imagine, like, getting back to a full steam of life. Mm-hmm. And we're coming up on deadlines where we have to register our kids for school and fall programs and music classes and all these things for school starting up. And, sure. and like, he'd come back and he was like, let's bring this back on, you know, on the table. Like, it's been on the back burner. That's us let's bring it back up. And, and I was like, okay, if we're going to do this, we have to like write it out. And so I remember making a spreadsheet of the cost of living for all of our bills. And then I Googled roughly what the cost of living was for those same items in, you know, along the East coast in a metropolis. Sure. And and then I showed him the spreadsheet and I was like, um, if your company isn't able to give you a pay increase, then, (laughs) Here's uh, yeah. number line. And like it yes, <laughs> we were completely upside down. Like there was no way to make the numbers work. And I remember Tucker just looking at it and being like, Oh, and like have a moment.
0: It does a reality.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and was like, oh yeah, that's not possible at all. And I'm like, all right, then we'll table this let's save some money. We'll revisit this maybe a semester or a year from now. Let's go and get the kids registered in school. And we'll just be here. We owned our house. Like I, I also mentioned all the things with owning a house. Like we'd have to rent it or we have to sell it and like all the specifics. Sure. And so we did, we, we registered Addy for kindergarten. No wait, It was first grade. We registered, registered Addy for first grade. We, I signed up for mops again that semester. Yeah. Um, Like we just dug in to do another semester in the Springs.
1: Because, so, because uh, you, you, you you can't just put something on on hold life continues right oh yeah i mean there's you know the kids are growing up there's work to be done there's garbage to be taken out there life continues so i julie i really appreciate Mm -hmm. that part of you to to that's that's such a that's such a guardrail for a visionary guy and it's it's really, really important to have. So bless you, my mm-hmm. dear sister. Go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead. Oh, Go ahead.
2: Now, I'd say like the most pivotal pieces, though, happened from that spreadsheet viewing until our anniversary, um, or maybe we celebrated our anniversary a week or two late. So I feel like it was like the beginning of September. And I felt like the minute that Tucker and I decided that we were just going to stay and not move, mm-hmm. everywhere I turned, something reminded me of moving. I was driving in the car and a song came on that was like, just listen and obey. And I'm like, and I felt convicted. And I was like, oh my gosh. And then we were sitting at this small group with, you know, we tried this new small group we'd just gotten bumped into or like jumped into at this church. And this young couple had just joined the small group and their whole testimony was that they felt like the Lord told them to obey and move and that they jumped on it and trusted the Lord and what blessing they were experiencing from doing that. And I was like, like So convicted. And then I was sitting at Starbucks and I overheard some random strangers talking about how they were on an adventure and it was the best thing they'd ever done. And I was like, oh my gosh. And then I think the final, the final blow, like weeks later was we were sitting at church and the sermon was on obedience and listening to the call of God. And I just sat through the whole sermon and I was like, oh my God. (laughs) The sermon was over and I took a breath in to turn to Tucker to say, forget it. Like we have to move. Like every signs are everywhere. We have to move. And before I could even get the words out of my mouth, Tucker looked at me and was like, babe, we gotta move. And I was like, I know we have to move. Like he was feeling the exact same thing. And we both felt it really heavy after that sermon. And so from there we're like, okay, the numbers don't make sense. The logic doesn't make sense in terms of like leaving family and all that, like finances, who knows, house, have no idea, but we know we have to do it. Mm, And so mm. we booked a trip to go away for anniversary and we just planned, we Mm. put details together. We planned what we needed to fix up on the house to get it listed for rent. Like we put all the details onto paper and we just Mm. said, if this is actually supposed to happen and we're really hearing the Lord correctly, the pieces will start to fall into place. And from September to November, I mean, really September to January when we left, every door opened seamlessly, Mm. like that the fixes fixed up on our house, we listed it for rent on a Friday, and we had a Christian couple that we had known their parents that walked in on Saturday and applied to rent our house by Sunday, and we had a lease signed by Sunday night. Wow. Like it was not even 48 hours, probably right at 48 (laughs) hours. Yeah. And it was signed by a couple. We knew who they were. We trusted them. Like mm-hmm. it was, it was actually two couples and they lived together. It was great. And like, we moved into my in-law's house and everything just fell into place. It was the most amazing experience living with my in-laws and we had lived with them a couple of times before and you know, it can get a little sticky. Yeah. Living <laughs> and, I, yeah. and that particular time, it wasn't, we all was just wonderful. soaked up every moment. We played a bunch of board games and like got along very well. It was, it was this beautiful gift that God gave us before we up and moved all the way across the country. Mm-hmm. And then we were able to find an apartment in D.C. long distance. like sure. I mean, We had traveled out there to kind of get a feel like, uh, gosh, it must have been in the fall. We traveled out there for like a, a long weekend just to get a feel for the area. Mm-hmm. But then we did everything sight unseen from that point on and found a little apartment just outside mm-hmm. D.C. I think we were three miles from the White House, like from, a you know, as the Bird mm-hmm. flies.
1: Sure, mm-hmm.
2: And uh, and it was we were able to get two months free rent, which made it within our budget, and like that mm-hmm. was unheard of because we've literally doubled our mm-hmm. our housing budget. Sure, yeah.
1: Because yeah, she's <laughs> not cheap housing. It is not. Yeah. The thing I love about mm-hmm. this part of your story is that the I love the willingness on the part of both of you. to be flexible and to honor the other one i mean it's 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 not uncommon for a visionary to have a really big drum and and to beat oh. it very loudly and very frequently and to to just wear the other person or the individuals that they're dealing with down with the just the boom 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 and tucker you didn't do that and, and, and it's also not uncommon for the detailed person to just throw the brakes on everything and say, no, until I'm perfectly happy and everything's completely the way I want it to be, I'm not moving. <laughs> sure. And Julie, you didn't do that. And, and that, that's a blessing because it, it's a challenge for someone who who has your makeup, Julie, because I know I'm married to a, a blessed lady like that. And, and, and I've, I've seen her as well uh, just say, okay. And, uh, it's just such a, it's such a blessing to me to hear this story with you guys. So you, you pack up, you you pack up the, the, the kids and you pack up the stuff and you move to DC. Well, and David, uh,
0: just in reflecting on what you just said, I, I appreciate you saying that. And I, you're right in that. One of the things I've feel like I've tried to learn about myself as being i'm i'm a driver i have a lot of energy Mm -hmm. can be intense sometimes and but i find that if i like if i keep my fists closed and i'm like it's my way or the highway or come across in any way that way Mm -hmm. um like while i see things sometimes many you know and i don't i have no idea when things might come about i mean right that's what's funny is like i know that something's out there but the timing and the timeline of things sure. like i i have to let my hands stay open Ooh. and also and and just like let things be as they are and um otherwise it would it would create serious problems
1: in everything in my life holding the things that you that you can see and you're connected with and it's in your heart and it's just sort of flowing out of you but holding that with an open hand yeah is, is one of the most challenging things that a leader can do and, and, and being willing to just hold it here with an open hand. Yeah. That's powerful, Tucker. It really is. Well, and letting things emerge
0: as they ultimately will come about. And that's why I, I right. do remember for me, particularly with Julie was, I remember consciously thinking to myself, I do not want this to be, tucker's vision and julie's coming along i want this to be tucker's vision and i want julie to have julie's own vision yeah and that that can merge together otherwise what we're do what we do in that situation what i've done even with julie sometimes is i've forced people out of their own choice Mm -hmm. Uh, and when i take away and when i or even i take away my own choice it puts people in a position of feeling stuck and like anytime any of us are stuck Mm that triggers our reactive core in our brains. And I mean, the neuroscience behind this is, is there too, is when we feel stuck and we're not in choice, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's, that creates reactivity in our, and who, in in us, like we start reacting to things because we're, we're fighting or flighting, right. We're protecting. Yes. Because we feel stuck. Right. And so, and I remember thinking about that back then with Julie in particular of that, that's where i had to hold it loosely because i had this like i felt so strongly and so mm-hmm. clearly like we have to move but i i I cannot nor is it okay for me to force julie into having this vision and so it was this like i mean you heard it it was like this back and forth and give and take and i mean there were definitely times where i'm like ah, i just don't know if this is real and you know i mean and so it was just a a, a trusting i guess you know
1: yeah julie Talk about what, talk about your side of what he was just talking about. I mean, how did that feel uh, to you? I mean, you're seeing this thing develop. You're also going, oh my goodness, we've got to move. I mean, this thing is sort of developing in you in the same way or in a similar way. Talk about your perspective about the transition that was happening there leading up, leading up to the move and in your own perspective.
2: I mean, I would say... In earlier years in our marriage, if this scenario had happened, we probably wouldn't have been as aligned as we were at that time. Hmm. I felt really aligned. Um, I think having to have surgery that summer created a natural slowing down oh, of, okay, having, yeah. you know, power. Um, and, then, and then he chose to have patience and wait for the doors to really be clear. And I mean, we did have a lot of talks of like, if it's really meant to be like, it will be clear. And it was clear in every song, every sermon, every conversation you ever heard, it was so clear, um, that we knew what we needed to do, but there have definitely been times in our marriage where he has, he has pushed that way. And we've had to have really open conversations about feeling like my job is just to make your dream happen versus it being a thing. Um,
1: (laughs) That's not a good, that's not a good place to be. Is it?
2: No. Mm. Thankfully we're not there anymore.
1: No, thank <laughs> you. Yes absolutely. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. We are a team. That's... So you
0: So
2: I mean I I didn't feel negatively about him during that situation. I felt like the numbers don't lie and the spreadsheet was pretty clear that without a miracle this wasn't going to happen. Um and then once God really kind of took Tucker out of the convincing of it, if you will, and it was just all about these little reminders that God is in control and I can trust him in this step. Then it just became, it became our mission together. And, and then even after we moved, like so many, so many things happened that just felt right. Like I, I worried that I was going to feel like life was 10 times harder living in DC because we were moving away from family. Right. And, and that I had been basically writing on the coattails of my family's help and that I didn't know if I could do my family myself.
1: Well, but that's a, big, that's a big deal.
2: Yeah, but we got out there and it basically felt like we lifted our family up out of Colorado and dropped our family into Virginia. And right. the day in and day out didn't change. The teamwork between Tucker and I, what I was doing Wonderful. to manage my kids' lives and schedules felt very much the same. Um, and that was very encouraging to me. It helped me learn to grow in my confidence of who I am and not in other people, but in myself.
1: Yes. And, and and I, I was, I was watching uh, this from Facebook, you know, things that you guys would share along the way and bits and pieces. And I was just catching bits and pieces of it because I loved you guys, you know, I just loved following the adventure along and the kids and their stuff and the, the monuments in DC and all the fun stuff. And but I, I noticed a change taking place in you, Julie, as well. That, that and, and it 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 sprung up full when I saw you posting and you were saying, "I'm going to do this thing," <laughs> and uh, you 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 jumped right into. And I, you didn't do it on a on the spur of a moment, but you you decided you were going to you were going to tackle real estate and you, and I thought, look at her go. That's, <laughs> that's really good. That's, I was just impressed with that. So you didn't just, you didn't just go along. You didn't just go along. You, 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 like you said, you picked up your family and you moved there and you planted and uh, I'm just impressed with that guys. I just, I just really, I know how hard that is to do. And that's a precious little one right there with you, Julie. Who is this? This is Ella. Hello, Ella. What a sweetheart she is. So you guys get planted. You're going there for a particular purpose. How long before that purpose transitioned into something else?
0: Well, so we, were, we lived in D.C. for what ended up being about six and a half years. Um, we... Like, kind of like what I was saying earlier, we had no idea how long we were supposed to be there. We had sure. no idea. Uh, I mean, honestly, until July of this last year, 2020, that was when things that weren't even on the back burner, let alone the front burner, uh, things that weren't even on the back burner came roaring forward. And, and it became clear it was time to move, but we, you know, we were there for six and a half years and, in the trenches of all kinds of stuff i had it was probably a a harder slog for me i think for probably the first four to five years of that of just i felt like i was this jack of all trades back in the day and master of none and i hated it and i was i was very discontent i ran a marketing company and i hated marketing (laughs) and you know that's inconvenient yeah well it was (laughs) But I loved I loved nonprofits because that was some of our clients and um, um. But I was kind of lonely out in DC, and you know, and so I'm very extroverted, and I feel like I was learning how to be an introvert, and and that was really challenging. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but finding my path around you know, <clears throat> things like solitude and you know trying to figure out what consistent prayer looked like, if you know, if I could do it, and um. And, and, and then working in nonprofits, so I ended up going to work for one of our clients and, and working in the trenches of a nonprofit for a while. And there's a whole lot of story. Getting there, to but, see how
1: the other half lived on that side of things. Yeah. yeah. Well, that, so, that internal journey, Tucker, that, that you're, you're describing is, is often, oftentimes it's, it is a, it's very much of of the process that God brings us into in order to set us into a different place. Mm-hmm. Because you know, you're, it's, it's, you need to have a sense of, of momentum. You need to have a sense of purpose. You need to have a sense of the life, life flowing with what you're doing and those kinds of things. And it sounds like you you just didn't really have a lot of that at the time. I felt really lost. In fact, I remember calling uh,
0: quite a few, I, I remember this, I was in downtown DC and, and DC is a place that you look anywhere you look, you feel like everybody's smarter and better than you. I mean, it's just like, I mean, there is this feel in that city. That's very, that can
1: be very intense sure,
0: and intimidating too.
1: Well, the best, Um, the best, the best of the best wind up there in in some manner or another. And
0: yeah, totally. In a lot of different arenas, not just, not just, um, you know, not just government, but right. But in, especially in the nonprofit space and people who are trying to change the world, and for the positive, mm-hmm. a lot of them are there. And so mm-hmm. you feel this sense there. Um, and and so I felt lost. I mean, I was a, for a while there. I was a little bit like, I don't know many people. Um, I remember calling. Uh, um, it was a coach that I had gone through a program through the Center for Creative Leadership in Colorado Springs. And I remember mm-hmm. calling Roberta. I think I was sitting right at the portrait gallery, actually. I remember exactly where I was. It's a great place in, D- in D.C., I called Roberta and I was just like, Roberta, I feel like I don't know wow. who I am at all. Can you help me? <laughs> I mean, that was kind of, the, <laughs> that was the question. I was like, when you think about me, what do you think about? Cause I don't know. I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and she said something to me that really resonated to me still to this day. And I'm seeing how it all comes together. But she said, she said something like, um, Tucker, when I think about you, I think of somebody who helps people feel comfortable getting out of their comfort zones.
1: Mm. Mm. Whoa. Um,
0: yeah. And, but, but just reaching out, like, I, I don't think any of us are self-made. I think no. we're all very much community made. No. I think that's why there's the the back and forth of love your God and love your neighbor. Like Absolutely. it's a both and it's not a Absolutely. me and my individualistic journey. I think we're very much community made and in so many ways. And 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 part of that is reaching out to people and just saying help absolutely and like, i had i was just lost i called my my another friend of mine kevin um to ask him the same kind of questions like i feel lost right now and can you help me just think you know get some idea um and and it was it was it was sort of the dark nights of the soul sure um it was it was the valley it was the you know, I didn't, I didn't realize it at the time, of course, but it was some of the foundational components I'm realizing for me of, I had all this armor built up around right. like survival. And I, I called myself a recovering strategist sometimes <laughs> um, because I'd been so headstrong right, and so focused around the right strategies when, mm-hmm. but I wasn't connected in with my heart. There was yes. armor there, right. Cause I was protecting myself and um and so it was just that years-long journey um, that was helping me. <laughs> now, you know, looking back, I know very clearly why I needed to go through that. Yes. Um, and and, and it you, was hard.
1: I, I hope, you, I hope you, you, you've also come to the conclusion that the journey that you've made and are continuing to make through that would not have occurred in the way that it did if you hadn't moved to D.C.,
0: Oh, a thousand percent. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, not even a question. Le- leaving the place where you had uh, grown up and where you had connections and people and, and history and those kinds of things and going to a place that nobody knew you and, yeah. and, and seeing, seeing if you could make it. Yeah. Then when you came, you had that sense of confidence. You had that sense of direction. You had those, those, th- that sense of identity, whether it was, crystal clear or not, but you were coming with a sense of those things in your, in your heart and in your life. And being there for a while began to, well, did it begin to reveal some of the fractures that were there? Or was it just that oh, yeah. sense of being around all these incredible people that you're going, oh my goodness, I don't know that I stand up against, you know, how do I compare in this? Is that, is that what it was too? I or? mean, I, it was kind of all of the above.
0: It was, I actually ended up um, losing two different jobs while I lived, while we lived out there mm-hmm. earlier on. Before we had started Thrive Impact and all that, um, it, you know, it was that sense of like, do I have what it takes? Yeah. Um, I mean, all the shame just comes up very strongly. Do I have what it takes? Can I even make it? Can I provide for my family? All the things that yes. many, many men deal with, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and
1: I mean, actually
2: one of the podcasts we were thinking about with you was like, when we were brainstorming which things would be good for your podcast breaking out our story into our move out to D.C., but then really kind of a separate whole episode could be around some of the big heart changes and hardships that Tucker faced in D.C. It was a very refining time.
1: Absolutely.
2: Time I felt like I bloomed, and it was a time where he
1: <laughs> yes. really
2: got kind of notched down. plummeted. Like- <laughs> it's like...
1: Listen, we, you, we, let's agree together that the next time we get together and do this, we'll do a deep dive on that. Yes. Discovering life and death in DC. (laughs) No, it's true. Yeah. Well, and there's so much to that.
0: Yeah, it really is. The way that Julie, like Julie has taught me so much about holding things loosely about empathy. Um, There's a great Brene Brown quote that I love, which is shame that is spoken and met with empathy cannot survive. Yeah, and and Julie has been a light for me around empathy, and and not, not making me feel worse in my shame, Mm -hmm. um, but helping me, helping you know, being patient with me, frankly, and and um, I mean, I like, I I could not have gotten through any of that or all of that, and there was times when I was, like I was saying, a recovering strategist, where I was like so headstrong you know, and, and, and I was like pushing on Julie and, you know, particularly when she was starting out in real estate and, and all this world. And I, you know, and she's like, she was grace, grace, graciously pushing away from me. Right. Well, right. but still being gracious about it. Um, not realizing that I needed to get to some deeper stuff in my heart, which I was able to
1: through some different programs and whatnot, but yeah, yeah. there's, there's a lot there. There is a lot there. And the beauty of it is, here's the, let me tell you what the beauty of it is to me. The beauty of it is that we're, we're having a conversation about that. And we're looking back, you're looking back at that and talking about it. And you're able to say, look, this is a thing that God has done. And this is the thing that changed me. And that's, that's where that's what this podcast is about. It's about people who are learning how to thrive through their life mm-hmm. because along the way, you know, along the way, at at numerous points along the way, they've encountered the grace and the mercy and the love and the peace of God. And Tucker, you've been talking about one of the ways that you've encountered that love, grace, mercy, and peace is through your wife. Mm-hmm. That's a blessing. Oh my gosh! Are you kidding me? Oh yeah, it just it it is. Julie, we're gonna we're gonna brag on you a little bit here, but it's 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 uh you you guys have just blossomed over the years, and and have become just um a, a solid mature couple, and that's a cool thing because not everybody makes it. Yeah, I mean you know we both know people that are your peers people that are my peers who along the way um they they didn't make the choice that they needed to make and they and mm-hmm. they wound up shipwrecked they wound up off the road they wound up whatever the metaphor works for you and what a blessing it is to see that you guys are still on a journey you know there's still adventure involved in that and there's still mm-hmm. life being expressed between the two of you. And uh, what an incredible blessing it is for children to grow up in that environment.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We're with mom and dads that are with, with a mom and dad that are, that are not perfect. And the kids know that. Yeah. But, and, and you each know that, but in spite of the imperfection and perspite of the blemishes that we all have, you, you continue to come back together and to work together and, and and you're building you're building a life together, yeah. and you're building a family together. And what a blessing that is for a child to grow up in that kind of environment, because they're able to take that with them as they launch into life. Yeah. And what a blessing that is, guys! I just salute you. Really, what a it's it's. I'm I'm really glad I married you guys. <laughs> you did.
2: We did our premarital counseling, and I can't tell you, we kept a little tiny piece of paper that was from one of those little mini notebooks. Yeah. Ways to Fight. And it was one of the lessons oh, yeah. you guys did with us when we were doing premarital counseling. We wrote down, like, don't pull out the big guns. Like, all these different tips yes. that you had said. And I mean, we kept that in a book. And for Oh, you, yeah. Like, the first five years of our marriage were not always very pretty. Oh, they
0: were painful. We oh, my goodness. Yeah. And
2: reference them and we're like this is you can't pull out the big guns see this their are notes you can't pull out the big guns.
0: <laughs> literally brought out the notes
2: <laughs> yeah. it, it it was such a great foundation to start with and then I mean from there I would say Tucker is the second piece of that foundation because he's such a learner and he right longs to know these things and like grasp these things he's mm-hmm. always had a heart for psychology and all this and like when I was off in my own world not knowing how to fight fair or react rightly still don't half the time fantastic example to just look at me and say, this is not the way it's done. Like we need to change this. Right. And I give him credit for how great our marriage is.
1: Well, you, you, you both deserve credit because you've both put yourself in a position where you personally were looking to cooperate with God. You had a, a heart that cooperates with what God is up to. And that makes a difference. If you if you're starting at that place of wanting things to be right, of wanting things to be good, of wanting to have your marriage be characterized by the grace and the love and the mercy and the peace of God, that's a huge portion of the battle right there, because it it it, you can't get your own way all the time. You, You just can't.
0: Well, and David, you said something earlier too, which is you said the word choice, and I, I said it earlier as well. Which is, uh, like, I'm a firm believer in not believe. I, I do not believe in people falling in nor out of love. Right. It, it ultimately is all choice, and 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 you know, not at all to shame anybody who has gone through harder marriages or anything. Um, and you know, how do we get back into that place of? you know, being clear about what we, what we do want. Like nobody gets married to get divorced, right? They get married to be married. Right. 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 And and if there's ways to reflect back on the best of your marriage, we do this in a lot of our facilitation work, which is, um, which is helping people reflect on the best of the past. Mm -hmm. Then going into imagining what the future might look like six months from now, a year from now, what would you want your marriage to look like? Exactly. What, you know, if you were to celebrate your marriage in six months from now or a year from now, what would you want to be celebrating? What does it feel like? And then in reference of that, then, oh, can I now make choices now based upon what I want? Because what I do want is I don't, you know, nobody wants to be in a marriage where you hate each other. Like nobody no. wants that. Nobody ever. Does. No. But, you know, and, and I've had times where I've gotten lost and, and I've been, you know, I'm grateful that different other people, like this is what I say by community made, um, is that other men have talked to me and I've been yeah. in those spheres where, um, you know, I had a pastor once tell me the biggest killer of men is isolation. Mm. And um, and I think it's the biggest killer of people. And we're seeing it sure. even now, even more strongly now in sure. COVID. Um, but how do we get back into that sense of choice that I'm not stuck in this marriage or I'm not stuck in this situation, but what is it that I do want? And how might we get there?
1: That's um, that's one of the things that I want us to talk about when we have another conversation. We're going to pick up next time and talk about that that micro journey that happened in D.C. and Tucker, your side of what was developing and happening in you and Julie and your side. I th- I think it's wonderful that Tucker, you describe it as as Julie flourishing and you floundering. You know, no, 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 well, no what nice. a because it, it you know it it just is what it is to use a terribly old cliche, but. When we try to pretend things are as they are not, yeah. we'll never really come to grips with how things truly are. Yeah. And and that's a mistake. So mm-hmm. we're going to wrap this up. We're, we're just need to not talk for four hours and one recording. Time. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just, we'll have other, no we'll schedule some others. Uh, thank great. you guys. I want to thank you so much for carving out the time in your busy lives to, uh, to have some conversation like this with me. And I, I know that the richness of your journey as you're sharing that is blessing the hearts of people. And uh I just really appreciate the opportunity to be a part of that and participate with that with you. Yeah.
0: Well, that thank me, you, David.
1: Well, it's listen, until we talk again, Godspeed to both of you.
0: Yes. Thank you so much, David. This is such a joy and just to see you and chat with you for a little while. And oh, yeah, it's, it's, and, and to reflect on our own story, it's always a joy for, for me. And I, know, I think it was for Julie, too, To just for us to reflect and remember the goodness of God.
1: Yeah, you do it. You're doing a good job. And I'll be smiling all night. <laughs> Godspeed, guys.
0: Awesome. Thank you, David. Thank you for choosing the Learning to Thrive podcast. We hope you have been encouraged. Please check the show notes where you can learn more about today's episode. Give us a rating. Tell your friends. And join us again next week. Together, we are learning to thrive.